Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Irina is a wonderful lady who is somewhere else in the world, which she's going to share with us very soon. Big welcome to you. Thank you very much. So, Dennis, I understand that we are very, very much apart. So you're in New Zealand and I'm in Bulgaria. So Bulgaria. literally just like in Europe and we have a quite the time zone uh, difference. So almost like 12 hours or even more. So, yeah. And I'm joining you today with the intention to talk about leadership because that's a very interesting topic and I'm very passionate about it. Excellent. Irina, tell us a little bit more about your background. Now that you shared with us that you're in Bulgaria, that's all cool, but share a little bit about your background. Right. So I originally started as a like entrepreneur who started her business with going abroad. So I went to China for two and a half years and there we had a fulfillment center and we've been running it for quite a long time. And uh, later when that business ended, I would say we went out of the business. We started another one in software as a service space. It still is for e-commerce entrepreneurs, but we're solving the problems for those people who are like us back in China, when we had to deal with all the fulfillment challenges and notifying customers about their packages and all that stuff. Right now, I would say that my position is properly described as a CEO of this company, trickmage.com. I have quite an extensive background in processes optimization and like everything that is related to leadership and team management. Awesome. So it's more of an e-commerce kind of company where you work with e-commerce companies as well and helping them. And it's called trackmidge.com as the organization. Now, tell me something here. How did you get into leadership? Well, originally when uh, I started as an entrepreneur, I accidentally got into leadership because you cannot do everything alone. And uh, I had to figure stuff out and communicate with multiple business owners and suppliers and vendors and cargo companies. So that's when I realized that I'm really good with people and uh, structuring people into functional teams. And later when we went out of the business, I was left with the ability to work online even before the COVID struck. Because I worked online for this, for seven years before COVID. And it was really a transformative experience because you have to think very differently and uh, you have to think with remote teams, you have to think remote first. So what I got into, I was uh, educated in IT leadership, especially Scrum Mastering. So I'm a certified Scrum Master and Agile coach. So I help teams become productive and specifically in IT space. But that also works for e-commerce and marketing teams, like everywhere where you deal with uncertainty, Agile is applicable. Well, and that's how I started. And that's how I got into leadership as a servant leader, not just something like as an executive. And then later, when I started TrickMage as a company and I had to step into the executive role, that's where I had to find this tricky balance between servant leadership and real executive leadership, where you have to really give some direction, vision, and make sure that everyone stays on track. Yeah. Good, good. How long were you in China for? 
Two and a half years, I think you said, right? Yes, two and a half years, yeah. Yeah. Well, which part of China were you in? Actually, it was Guangzhou, south part of China. We had access to a lot of suppliers there, but then we realized that uh, suppliers were not the pinnacle of a business. Actually, the customers were. That's when realization dawned on us. Yeah, cool. So customers are pinnacle for a business, which is really important for sure, yeah. And I think from an agile scrum master, but also I think you're very good at pulling teams together and helping them with systems and processes to make sure they get the things done. Would that be an accurate summary of what you're good at as well? Yes, that would be a good summary because I get stuff done, not essentially by my own hands, but when I structure a team and we have an objective, we definitely get it done. Excellent. And the company you've got today, how how big is that company in the sense of people and the team and that? We're quite a small team. I would say we're still under 30 people overall. So we have the marketing side and we have development side and some of the operations. But again, most of the people are part-time or they are freelancers because I believe in remote first and that's how I started. I believe that these people are even more reliable than employees that are offline. I would say that uh, this approach has never failed me so far. So that's how we are currently growing. So we are a remote first company. Yeah, yeah, got it. I get it. I get it. So it's more of an international team rather than a team in a local area. Yes. We have people from Serbia, from, from Ukraine, even Right now, like in the current circumstances, we just had to relocate some of the people because it wasn't possible to continue operating like that. But we helped them get get out, at least some QA engineers that we had. Then we have people from Turkey, from Canada, from like all over the place, really. Cool, cool. So the people in Ukraine, yeah, amazing what they're going through at the moment. So you've been able to relocate that staff or those individuals to other areas so they can continue to work so in a safe space, which is important. Yes. That was quite a challenge to really face because, again, it was devastating and uh, surprising for everyone. When it was just like, in February, something happened and then just like had to deal with it. And it was very, again, on some of the daily stand-ups, when the engineer, she came and said like, oh, I'm I'm safe in Poland now. And we just like almost cried like the whole team. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And good on you for doing, you know, getting her that person out as well, others out as well, which is important. Irina, um, I've got a question here for you, and that is, now this person could be alive or from history. Who is your favorite leader and why? My favorite leader is Elon Musk, because I believe that the person needs to be able to do something meaningful in their life. He is probably doing something that is very significant on the planetary scale. So we're getting to Mars probably sometime soon, right? And then he's always pushing the boundaries of technology and we have the electrical cars, the boring company and all this ambitious and very uncanny projects. He even announced and released essentially a robot that is going to do a household chores. Well, if there is a person who is making this planet transition to the 21st century or 22nd century, that's probably Elon Musk. And I admire what he's doing. Plus, he is also a fun person who doesn't talk back when it comes to Twitter and like the meme lord of a CEO. That's probably the perfect combination. Thank you so much for inviting me, Dennis. It's great to be here. Awesome. Now, Nick, what about you in the world today? I'm in Singapore as of the day. I came back here two days ago after a trip to Indonesia and I'm off to Malaysia tomorrow. Oh, awesome. So around that whole Southeast Asia hub, really, really cool. That's very good. Yeah. And how long have you been in Singapore for? I lived here for about five years now. I started my career actually overseas in Australia on the Gold Coast in 98, studying overseas. And then I was working there. It was 
Hard to leave the place, but I ended up in Southeast Asia since 2004. And that's where I've been working for various big international advertising and uh, communication firms. Oh, yeah, cool. So tell us a little bit more about your background. I've given the, uh, the listeners a quick introduction to you, but tell us more about you. I was born in Sweden, but I wanted to spread my wings a little bit and being a little bit resentful against the, the system and my parents, I wanted to rebel. So I thought, you know, I looked at a map and I saw Australia was as far away as I could get. I, I or even I, actually New Zealand would have been even a step further, but I ended up in Australia. Then that's where I studied and uh, played golf, enjoyed myself. But then I really needed to also get into the working life and I got a job in Bangkok with an advertising company, and I spent about 15 years in various jobs in Southeast Asia, working my way up to become a general manager, general director, taking on some quite big leadership roles. Yeah, very good. Now, we'll get into those leadership roles and all that in a minute, but I see that you're an international best-selling author, and the book is Executive Loneliness, The Five Pathways to Overcoming Isolation, Stress, Anxiety, and Depression in the modern business world. And listeners, I know that some of you are actually probably thinking, oh, that's something I want to read as well. So yeah, very good. So Nick, that's that's good. And congratulations on the, being a number one best-selling author. Uh, that's fantastic. Thank you. And uh, and the book also came out of an of inspiration. I, I went through a personal challenging time when I divorced. I, I resigned from a job. And with that, I found my qual- myself basically quite lonely. I was a bit lost. I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do in my life. And most of us go through these times and no surprise, it came to me in my early 40s. And, and, and I could realize when I went through this phase that it could have gone worse. I, I lost my fitness. I lost my health. And uh, my regular exercise after work instead turned into going to the bar and have drinks. And while that might have been innocent from the beginning, it became a bad habit. So, and I, I basically had two, three years when I was jumping from job to job before I found myself again. And at the end of my journey, when I was coming back on, there was a friend of mine who didn't make it through, a friend who sadly died of suicide. And that's inspired me to look into this topic survey and survey the senior executives working under pressure and uh, also then to interview a lot of executives working, especially based in Southeast Asia in all those regional jobs, which are quite stressful. And that is what I put in the book. So it's it's my journey and hopefully shedding some positive light in, in, in how to get out of when we can find ourselves in a challenging gap. Yeah, okay. I'm going to come back to those interviews in a minute because I think it's really important for us to sort of have a little bit more of a chat about that. Now, tell me, the change, what do you like with change? Do you like change and how do you handle it? Well, I think the natural answer to anyone who is a leader or a manager, we would say, yes, I'm addicted to change. I can handle change. But if we really take a... A look at ourselves. I mean, it is uncomfortable. And I think that perhaps the older we get, the more uncomfortable it is, but it is what is happening everywhere. And it's so much change and we just have to do the best we can to go through it. And I say that you've got to surround yourself with the right people when you're going through change and maybe a coach, a mentor, or someone who can hold your hand, someone so that you can at least not to go through everything yourself. Yeah, you don't need to do it yourself. There are others that can help you. I think, though, there are a lot of people who are a little bit afraid or maybe there's an ego or there's something in the way of actually putting their hand up and asking for for that help. But just know, listeners, that you can ask for the help if you want to, and it's available out there for sure. Now, Nick, I'm going to come back to the interviews in a minute, but the other thing I wanted to ask or say here is that you're an Ironman top 1% world athlete. Tell us a little more about that. Well, you know, I, I, I 
do most of the things to the extreme I have done when I studied. It was I wanted to be top of the class when I worked. I wanted to, you know, get to the top. And I always been driving myself quite hard. So when I a couple of years ago I went into a gym and they I had to fill in a form where they ask, you know, what's your what's your fitness goal? And at that time I couldn't even run five kilometers. So I I put down run a marathon and it, the fitness instructor looked at me in a little bit of a funny in a funny way. And then I also knew that it was a sport called triathlon at the longest distance that is called an Ironman. So I also put that, down that and that completely blew him off. So I signed up for triathlon before I even could swim. So that's just me, oh. Dennis, and I threw myself into it. Oh, I love it. Before you could even swim, you signed up for a triathlon. That's putting yourself out there and uh, really setting a goal, which is really amazing to see. Well done. Now, the interviews, let's go back to that. So I think that's really important that you've been doing these interviews with people and executives, what have been the one, two or three top things that sort of come up for them as they struggle for some of them? Can you just share those? Yeah, sure. And I mean, one of the questions I asked was, you know, how they are feeling in the job as in regards to suffering from loneliness. And what I found was that about 30% of the senior executives I surveyed then in Singapore either were or have been suffering from loneliness in the workplace. I then redid this study in 2020 when we were doing the pandemic and the lockdowns and that number had doubled. So we can clearly see here that many of the executives, no surprise then, who were working from home, of course, they were going through more challenging times. So that's perhaps one finding uh, that that we're not su- surprised about, Dennis. But when I then had a follow-up question to ask them, okay, if you're not feeling well mentally, is this something that you will talk to your boss, your HR, or anyone in your company about? 84% said they would not talk about this. Wow. 84%? Yep. That is huge. So, so if they're not talking yeah. to anyone about that, well, what are they doing? Well, and, and another scary thing is that then another follow-up question, 75% would also not seek professional help for it. So it's the stigma here is blocking about it. So you're realizing that you're suffering, but you're not going to talk to anyone in your company about it. You're also not going to seek professional help for it. That means you're suffering in isolation. And that is due to the stigma surrounding this topic. And that is the core issue. And that's why I wanted to push forward in writing the book about it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world. 